Ryan Jensen appears to have suffered a major knee injury at practice on Thursday. We react to that news. And we have some voicemails concerning Julio Jones' arrival at Bucks practice as well as a little bit of the kicking competition. We get into all that and more. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, rejoined by my fantastic co-host, the world-traveling Mr. David Harrison. You can check out his written work over at Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine over at SBNationsBucksNation.com and follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. And we do thank you for making us your first view or your first listen of the day. Uh, Unfortunately, we have to begin this episode with Buccaneers Pro Bowl Center Ryan Jensen leaving practice on Thursday, day two of training camp practices on a cart with what looks to be Uh, A very serious knee injury, James. And I use the term serious because I kind of wanted to avoid it, to be honest with you. But the word serious coming from Mike Garofolo Wednesday evening via Ian Rappaport on Twitter saying that Jensen was still going through tests, uh, but the early signs on the the knee are not positive. Uh, Todd Bowles hope to have more Friday morning. So when we reconvene on Monday after the weekend, we will have more to discuss. But James... Not, uh, not the update that everybody wanted here on uh, Thursday as as training camp gets going. No, and and I was enjoying all of the notifications popping up on my phone from Greg Allman and and other people that were there at practice on Thursday, and it's like Julio Jones is getting involved. Julio Jones with a touchdown catch. Uh, Jamel Dean working with the second team defense. Ross Cockrell making a great play. Antoine Winfield Jr. diving interception. Ryan Jensen carted off. What? Not good. Um, Yeah. So for right now, everyone is bracing for the worst. Losing Ryan Jensen would be the worst case scenario. Uh, Shout out to our buddy, Mr. Bucks Nation, who had video of the injury. And you can actually see uh, beyond the injury to Ryan Jensen. You see the frustration of Tom Brady. When Jensen goes down, he kind of throws his arms up in like a what were you thinking kind of situation, uh, you know, taking, you know, as he was looking towards the defensive line. Look, Ryan Jensen has started every game for the Baltimore Ravens and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers since the 20 uh, or the the 2017 season. So between the two teams, he's he's always been there. Last year, he gets hurt. Tom Brady says, no, tough it out. I need you. You're going to play. And he absolutely does. So beyond that, you know, the the health of the offensive line was a strong suit. Uh, and, and one of the reasons that they were a favorite entering the 2021 playoffs before they lost Tristan Wurst against the Philadelphia Eagles. So with just two games played, Tampa Bay is going to look from an offensive line featuring Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa, to losing all three of those guys while having a quarterback that literally every team's game plan is to pressure up the middle. 
Good news, if there is any, is that Robert Hainsey has been working really hard this offseason. That was pointed out by Carmen Vitale of the Draft Network, which she was on last week. So Hainsey is, is we're going to see what he's made of, right? And, and I'm honestly, I'm not going to be surprised at all if the Buccaneers now look to veteran free agent center J.C. Treader to come in and fill the void. He was a longtime starter for the uh, Green Bay Packers and the Cleveland Browns. You know, if if the injury is as serious as we're all starting to believe, I think they sign him. If they don't sign, uh, it, you know, any kind of depth whatsoever, I would say that maybe that's good news. Yeah, I mean, if they don't bring anybody in, then it shows that they're very confident in in who they have behind Ryan Jensen. Not that it's going to be the same. Not that it's going to, you know, the, the I mean. Ryan Jensen brings a lot more than just his ability to block and pass protect and do it like that. He's, he's a leader on the team. He's a leader on the offensive line. He's a, he's a, a an emotional leader. You know what I mean? Like the team really kind of uh, adopts a better playing style just from having him on the field. And, uh, you know, so that's that in and of itself is going to be nearly impossible to replace. It just, it just, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? You can't bring in Robert Hainsey and expect, that same type of, of emotional impact or JC Treader, uh, even for that matter. So this team, you know, and, and again, multiple people said there was an obvious drop in the tone and, and the pace of the, of the practice after that. And that's, you know, that's to be expected. They're all human beings out there. It's, it's not as simple. I mean, they do have to finish the practice and they got to get their reps in and they got to get their coaching in, but there's, you know, it, it's impossible to expect these guys to just say, okay, you know, next rep, let's go dust it off. So, you know, uh, the the Robert Hainsey thing again. We'll we'll see what happens with with the position group. Obviously, everybody's gonna be watching tomorrow to see what it looks like. But you know that's that's part of the hazards. You know of 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 this time of year. And I know a lot of people were kind of saying you know it's supposed to be like a non contact period, no pads and and all this stuff. And non contact doesn't mean they don't touch each other. It's it's supposed to mean you know there's no hitting, there's no tackling stuff like that. And that's again you you look at Tom uh, kind of throwing his hands up in frustration there. I mean th- in theory. You shouldn't be taking guys to the ground. If you're not taking guys to the ground, then they can't be falling on each other and 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 clipping each other. And, you know, nobody did anything, you know, intentional. There was there was no, you know, malice there. Obviously, I think it was Aaron Stinney uh, that took Logan Hall to the to the ground as Logan was trying to make his move through the offensive line. So you know, people. Hopefully, nobody is is trying to be angry at anybody. You know, I'm sure that Aaron feels bad. I'm sure Logan feels bad uh, enough as it is. Nobody, you know, doing anything uh, with any type of malice. But it is. You know, again, uh, we'll talk more Monday, I, I imagine, on potential replacements. You know, JC is an option. Robert is an option. But I don't want to get too deep into the replacement conversation until we have to get into the replacement. I don't know. Call me superstitious. Call me naive. You know what I mean? But look, I, I mean, and I and I tweeted this, man. Like, this is this is beyond the X's and O's. Ryan Jensen is a good dude, man. Um, and, and Carmen talks about that. People within the organization talk about that. We've had uh, the opportunity to talk to him you know, both in person and, and on the show. Uh, you know, I, I remember I remember watching him, you know, first training camp I went to in Tampa. As soon as practice was over, man, his kids are, are on the field running around and he's running around with them. And, uh, you know, he's just he's just a genuine, a genuine dude. I told this story, uh, I think, on the episode with Carmen. I know, I'm going to share it, James, now for anybody who hasn't heard it before. But and to some people, this is going to sound really small, but to, to guys like us, this, this means something. But we had set up an interview through Ryan's agent when he was on the show i can't remember you know what season that was um, that we yeah. invited him on yeah it was right after he signed as a free agent so that was yeah okay 2018 2018 yeah i think 2018 yeah um 
So, you know, so we invite him on the show, you know, he immediately accepts the invitation, you know, as we set it up the day and the time we hook up with him, uh, I think it was on zoom and because of where he was at his family's house in Colorado, um, the weather was bad, which I'm from Colorado. So I, yeah, I get that. Um, and, uh, so the connection was terrible. It was just horrible, you know, and, and, and honestly, James were like, oh man, you know, this sucks. Cause this is an opportunity that we had and we're going to lose it now. And maybe we can reschedule. But it, we don't even get to that point because he says, hey, guys, listen, what if we do this? You know, it's like there's much better signal. I can go down. There's like a coffee shop or something that'll let me kind of like take a corner and do this. And maybe like, can we do this? Like, so I think it was like the next day. Like he actually in the moment was like, let me solve this problem uh, and reschedule this thing. And then he literally took his 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 big self into town, you know, in, in Colorado. And I was like, hey, I need to do this show for these guys. And, you know, I messed up and, and did it. And I mean, it just, it just kind of shows the character of the guy, right? Because he could very easily just been like, hey, you know, sorry, it's not working out, guys. Yeah, yeah. Reach out to my guys. We'll reschedule for another time. No problem. You know, and go back to doing what he's doing. But so again, it's it's a small thing, right? But sometimes the small things mean the most. So for me, it's just heartbreaking, man. It's just, and I'm just gutted every time I see a new update that just points to more and more. Uh, so I'm hoping that as some of you are listening to this, some of you are watching this, maybe we're getting good news. Um, but it definitely doesn't look good for for one of the best players on the roster. Yeah, and I, I echo your sentiments a hundred percent. You know, Jensen is just. He's a genuinely good person and and someone that I've enjoyed watching. I've enjoyed speaking with. Um, so, yeah, it is. It's it's heartbreaking. It's gutting. It's it's frustrating for him. I know uh, frustrating for the team. And and like you said, you know, guys were talking afterwards about how somber practice got because that's one of their leaders. That's one of their you know, that's one of the key players on the team. That's a, a you know, a loved teammate. And when you see something like that happen on day two of practice at training camp, it's just it it's demoralizing. Yeah. And unfortunately, it seems to happen every year. There's there's a major injury near the beginning of training camp. It's just kind of part of the business. Another part of the business. We got to keep going with this episode. We did get a voicemail about Ryan Jensen. So we will listen to that and wrap up our thoughts initially on uh, the injury suffered by Ryan Jensen. And we will do so. Here on the Locked on Bucks podcast, thanks to friends of ours like the good people over betonline.net who remain your fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can also find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, of course, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sporting wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts that even have you covered knowing that Bucks fans are the sixth most positive fan base on Twitter right now. That may be changing a little bit if we get bad news tomorrow. Uh, head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks again for bringing Long Time Bucks podcast. First listen or your first view every day. James. Uh, we've kind of given our initial thoughts on the Ryan Jensen injury. We did get a voicemail uh, about that incident. So uh, let's go ahead and hear what this caller has to say, and then we'll uh, respond in kind. James, Kevin from Orlando coming. I mean, calling, I should say. Anyway, I just got a whole bunch of notifications that Ryan Jensen has been carted off the field. Um, now, of course, it could have been a precaution as to why he got carted off. When you hear about someone getting carted, carted off, it's, is a little concerning, and I was wondering if uh, you guys had any idea or knew uh, how serious this injury was, and and uh, when we might see him again on the field. Anyway, I just 
got that news and just wanted to call and uh, look forward to hearing what you guys um, are able to find out. All right, Kevin, appreciate the phone call. Uh, yeah, Ryan Jensen, again, the latest uh, news on Ryan as he's undergoing testing, MRIs, all that stuff. And Todd Bowles, I know, said that he hopes to have uh, an update Friday morning. Um, going through Ryan's injury history, I mean, you know, the the frustration from Ryan, um, you know, a lot of times you kind of look at that, you say these players know their bodies and they know what they feel, they know what, they, what just happened. Um, so you see him throw the helmet. And again, this this is this is the optimist in me. This is the superstitious person in me. This is the the I'm willingly naive right now in the moment, right? Uh, Ryan Jensen's never had like an ACL injury, right? So in 2018, he was questionable uh, with a hamstring injury. Again, uh, with the same same season, another hamstring injury. He had a back injury that he was questionable for. Uh, again, he hasn't missed any games with the Buccaneers, so all of these are questionables or or, or uh, 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 what's the other? probables and all that stuff, right? So back, elbow, hip, ankle, the hip is is now notorious, right? Ankle, shoulder, ankle. So no knees, right? No ACLs, like you know, stuff like that. And that's uh that's at least his Bucks history. I don't I don't have his Ravens history in front of me, but I don't think uh he had any serious injuries then. Listen, so the initial right, obviously he throws the helmet, players start taking a knee, like all the signs are very, very bad. Um but again, uh, somebody pointed out, and I'm not a doctor, you know what I mean, and, and I don't want to get too deep into to trying to read the the tape and everything that 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 James uh, put out there. But like, the knee didn't go back; it went to the side, so maybe it's just a really bad sprain. Maybe it's just you know, uh, a, 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 you know, an MCL or instead of an ACL, and and all these other things. Um, I don't know. I think no matter what you're looking at, you know, basically a, a situation where the best you can possibly hope for is maybe a postseason return. But the Buccaneers got to get there first um, without him. And then even then, depending on how they get there, like, is it really smart to push him out there? So there, there's a lot to be discussed still in the future. But I think right now we're going to kind of hold pattern at he's obviously injured. The cart was needed, not necessarily. I think Ryan, if it wasn't needed, he would have uh, shown his teammates himself and even the fans in attendance that it wasn't needed. And everybody's basically bracing for impact at this point. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everyone was in consensus that Jensen couldn't put any weight on the leg, which again is not a good indicator. And for those that that haven't seen it, like I said, it's up over on the Mister Bucks Nation YouTube page. But it it just it looked gruesome. It really, really did. And uh, I had I had shown my son Beckett when I got home, and he looked at me and he goes, "Did you hear him scream?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I did." Um, so again, trying, trying to be optimistic and, and David, I know you're, you know, that's kind of been your mantra during this episode is, is try to keep the positivity, try to hope that it's not as bad as it looked. Cause we have seen that in the past as well, where an injury looked absolutely devastating, turned out wasn't too bad. Oh. If it's, if it's just a sprain or a strain, you know, we could be looking at a post bye week return. Um, I, I feel that would be an optimistic view if, I mean, every, everyone listening to this knows if it's an ACL tear, if it's an MCL tear, if it's anything to that extreme, it's a year. It, it is a year, um, which would really, really be devastating, uh, to this team for, for all the reasons that we talked about earlier beyond the X's and O's, you know, in the locker room, uh, on the sideline as, as a leader on the team, it would just, 
it would really, really sting. Um, you know, both the, his, his teammates and the fans not getting to see him suit up every Sunday, but let's, let's shift things over David to, uh, to something a little bit more positive. And, uh, we did get a voicemail regarding Julio Jones. So a lot of people excited about Julio. Let's go ahead and hear from our listeners. Hey guys, it's Anthony. Um, News just broke that Julio Jones signed a one-year deal with us. And uh, I just wanted to know, is having too – I hate to be Debbie Downer, but it's having too many weapons on offense because we got, uh, just to name a few, we got Evans, Gage, Rudolph, Bray, and then when we get back, Godwin. Like, too many too many weapons on offense going to hurt us because I'm just curious to see what the offense going to look like. I know Jones is on the older side. And Godwin's hurt, but I'm just afraid of the offense. Like Brady, legit has way too many weapons. If in a perfect world, you know, uh, you know, I'm a little bit nervous because I thought that we're gonna lean on the run game a little bit more. I was, I was really happy about uh, Lenny then leaning on the run game a little bit more because you know they haven't in the past. But um, I just, I want your guys take on it i know you guys will talk about it but <laughs> you know <laughs> wow like i i thought they were leaving the door open for gronk come back and they might at this point but at, at, you know every day with the, with you know rudolph and jones signing it's kind of kind of looking a little bleak at the same time too you know our offense is going to be unstoppable if things are running right you know they still need to take reps they still need to learn the language you know it there's a lot going on, but uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think. Uh, thanks for taking my call. God bless. You. All right, Anthony, thank you very much for the call. And look, Bucks fans on Thursday were incredibly welcoming for Julio Jones. Tom Brady had him involved early and often, and the crowd was going nuts. Anytime he got to touch the ball, had a nice touchdown catch uh, in the back of the end zone. But look, and Jason Light, in his media availability, didn't rule out if Gronk returned. He said, you know, it would be really hard to turn down. But I think the signing of Rudolph, the signing of Julio, is kind of a signal that the Bucks understand that the likelihood of Gronk coming back is slim to none. He had 77 targets in 2020. He had 89 targets last season. Even with all that missed time, he had more targets than he did when he played the full 16 the year before. You have to replace those targets somehow. That's where Kyle Rudolph and Julio Jones come in. They, it's, I understand that you could, you could see that maybe there's too many weapons and it can become a problem. Those signings are to replace the targets lost by Gronk and partially Antonio Brown. I, that's that's ultimately what they're going to do. Julio's probably going to be, you know, more so a red zone guy and a third down guy. Uh, Kyle Rudolph probably also going to be, you know, a red zone target. So Mike's going to get his. Chris is going to get his. Uh, Julio's just kind of icing on the cake because Russell Gage is probably going to eat up quite a bit of the of the targets abandoned by the loss of Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give my answer, James, in the, in the next segment, because my, my answer is going to be too long to fit into this segment, but, uh, we'll finish up the Julio Jones, too many targets, golden state warriors conversation here uh, in just a moment of 
uh, on the Locked on Bucks podcast. And then we'll wrap up with one more voicemail asking uh, what the caller says is kind of a weird question. So make sure you stick around for that coming up next. Wrapping things up here on a Friday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast, trying to become a little bit more positive after starting being forced to start off in such a negative manner. But we had uh, Anthony call in regarding Julio Jones. I've given my opinion. David, what are your thoughts? Is, you know, do the Bucks have too many weapons now? Or is you know, what's your what's your take on it? Yeah, so I, I you know, I look at we actually answered this question before, right? When Antonio Brown came into town and Rob Gronkowski joined the team, like we actually had to answer this question in the past. So we've got some experience with this, but it also reminds me, and it just like it did back then, of the Golden State Warriors. They had Seth Curry, you know, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, then they bring in Kevin Durant, and and the conversation is there's too many, too many weapons, not enough, uh, not enough uh, basketballs, right? So here's what I would say: we said it back then. There's no, there's never, there's no such thing as too many weapons. What there is is a such thing as too many or too much ego, right? And and I don't, and I talk about that not in uh, unit cost or unit amount, right? Not counting it by unit because every single human on the roster has an ego. Literally, everybody has an ego. It's a part of the human makeup. Nobody doesn't have, nobody is devoid of having an ego, right? I'm talking about volume. It's the size of the ego. Tom Brady has already proven. He doesn't care what your name is. He doesn't care what your draft status is. He doesn't care what your paycheck says. He's going to throw the ball to the open guy or to the guy he believes most confident, he's most confident in will make the play that he needs to be made. Uh, part of that evidence, right? Part of the reason Antonio Brown did what he did uh, against the New York Jets like, apparently is because he wasn't happy with how much he was getting targeted. He's out there running on this bum ankle. He wants to get the ball more, even though he was the second most targeted player in the half or going into halftime, interestingly enough. Um, but even Antonio Brown, Tom brought Antonio Brown to Tampa. Tom convinced Bruce Arians and everybody else to take the chance on AB. But even in that moment, he wasn't going to force the ball to AB just because AB wanted the ball. Julio Jones doesn't have an ego in the sense that we're talking about here where he is going to worry about his target share. I remember there was a game when Julio Jones was still the Julio Jones that we all uh, grew to love and kind of hate if you're a Buccaneers fan um, where he had like one target. But his team was winning, and he didn't care. They, they finished the game with a win, and Julio was asked, hey, man, how do you feel about only getting one target and no catches? And Duddy's like, bro, we won. I'm excited. Like, I'm elated. That's young Julio, right? That's in his prime Julio. That's about to get paid Julio. This is free agent at the end of July Julio. <laughs> he does, he's not going to care about his target. And, and we already know Mike Evans doesn't care. We already know Chris Godwin doesn't care. We all You, you better know Cam Brate doesn't care. Cam Brait, like might be the most unselfish player in the National Football League. So the volume of ego on this Buccaneers offense, not a concern whatsoever. Yeah, uh, and Julio even talked about it when he met with the media on Wednesday that he's happy to be part of this, and he's actually kind of glad that you know he'll fit into a role somewhere. But it was it was talked about quite a bit that. You know, Julio doesn't have to be the guy. I, I can't remember um, her last name, Sarah, on NFL Network. She was there at Bucks training camp, and she was talking about the fact that Julio doesn't have to be the guy. He doesn't even have to be the number two guy. He just wants to come in and contribute as best he can to this offense because all he wants is a championship. That's why he came to Tampa. That's why he joined up with Tom Brady. So he's probably going to be 
one of, if not the most unselfish people, not named Cameron Bright, on this football team. David, we do have one more caller. We do need to get to a real quick, a first-time caller. Let's go ahead and hear the quote-unquote weird question that he has for us. Hey, what's up? This is Ben from New York, upstate. Uh, Giving a call in, just wanted to uh, weigh in a little bit. Just had a couple, like, thoughts, maybe a little weird. Um, sorry, the quality is a little broad, broad, too, just driving home from work. But suck up in Bar Dallas. You know, I've been a fan since 99. I'm a 94 baby. Got to pick my favorite team when I visited my uh, grandparents down in Tampa. You know, I love the team. Love it. Love what they got. But, yeah, we've always had a problem with kickers. Suck up amazing. Always just on point, consistent, great. You know, like he said, like Jay said, 45. You know, he's consistent. Bar Dallas, he's got a tank of a foot. He can kick. Man was confident all through college. And the thing that I wanted to bring up that may be a little weird, you know, have we ever had like a dual, you know, we got dual running back, stuff like that. You know, if it's 45, 50 yards out, you know, we maybe have a little more trust for Dallas taking that kick if we really need those three points. Is this something where we may see suck up, you know, hitting those consistent 45 in, you know, just, you know, give him the suck up, give him the suck up, and, you know, got something 55 yards out. You know, we need these three points. You know, do you think they're going to try putting suck up in, or do you think this is a point where Barrett Borgallis kind of show what he's got? Uh, you know, that's just my thought. You know, not much to it, but, man, that guy has a foot, and I would love, even if it's, even when suck up's done and they think about a suck up, Borgallis come jumps in, I would be so happy. You know, just having someone to rely on will be great. So I'm excited to see what he has excited to see what he shows and the confidence that he can bring uh thank you guys ben from upstate new york go bucks by the cannon ben thank you very much for the call from upstate new york david your old stomping grounds i remember those days um yeah don't miss that place (laughs) um so this is something that evan klosky and i talked about a little bit on on wednesday was the competition between Suckup and Borgalis. Uh, so far, the kicking competition in practice, Suckup has been perfect. Borgalis missed one kick in uh, in yesterday's session, and I think it was from about 50. Uh, but as far as using both of them, I'm going to say definitely not. I am, I'm very confident in my belief that there is a 100% chance that the Buccaneers only carry one kicker on the active roster. They're going to pick the one that they feel gives them the best opportunity whenever they're called upon. My gut feeling would be that that's Ryan Suckup, even though he doesn't have as big of a leg. Uh, he, you know, we don't know what Borgales could do in a game. Ryan Suckup is incredibly consistent. He's really, really good about you know, putting a missed kick behind him immediately and usually making the next four, five, six, 12 in a row. Um, and as far as Borregalis is concerned, he maybe he can do that, but you're not going to know if he can do that until it's already, you know, he's already the guy on the roster and it could turn into a Roberto Aguayo, Matt Gay in Tampa situation where, all of a sudden they get the yips and, and it takes a couple of games for them to get back to it. Yeah. A um, couple things. First of all, pewter report reporting that uh, 
Jose Borregales was six for six on his field goal kicks at practice on on Thursday. On Thursday. Okay. However, Greg Hallman reporting that he was five for six. Aha. However, Scott Smith reporting that he was seven for eight. So this is why I never tweet kicks because it's <laughs> insanely frustrating to try to track. So that is not a dig at any of those three great media sources. Um, that's just an example of how frustrating it can be to track kicks. Um, unless you're sitting like right in the goalpost and Matt Gay is just bombing 60 yarders on the, in the uh, indoor facility. Anyway, um, Jose Borgales absolutely has, I would say a cannon for a leg. I don't know when I think tank for a leg, I think like squishing the football and that's not, it's not what you want. So, you know, nitpicking there a little bit, but, um, Here's here's what I'm going to say. So it's a weird question. I'm going to give a weird answer. I would agree with you 100%. Absolutely. If this coaching staff hadn't gone through Matt Gay, because if you remember, right, like there was actually a conversation amongst fans mostly, right? But that like Matt Gay can kick certain things, but then certain things he really can't kick like 35 yarders from the right hash and stuff like that. Maybe you keep another kicker who can make those kicks and then you keep Matt Gay for the longer kicks. And of course, we discounted it. The coach said, I was like, no, nah, that's, that's ridiculous. We're not going to do that. And then what happened? Like that problem cost the Bucks that season. Uh, this coaching staff lived through that, James. If you're a person who lived through the depression, guess what you did when you had the opportunity? You saved money. You saved resources. This coaching staff has lived through a kicker situation where they have a kicker, young kicker, very talented, has a little bit of an issue, and they didn't keep the security blanket. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying this coaching staff would be the one uh, to do it. But I think it would also be hilarious if the first wrong uh, answer we got on our 53-man roster projections would be the kicker. That would be hilarious to me. So that's that's the end of my uh, remarks complete. Uh, well, this is the coaching staff that protected Borregales on the practice squad all season long. So in a way they, they did hedge their bet and, and they did make sure that they had a protected kicker there in case those issues popped up something that they'll probably do again. Um, but I, I still say right now, suck up is going to get the job, but I'm, I'm excited to watch Borregales compete because I do think it's a legitimate competition. If they can uh, if they can save themselves a little bit of money that they might have to use on another center or maybe a big, goofy tight end later in the season, then that's exactly what they'll do. With that, David, we are going to get out of here. We will be back on Monday with a Ryan Jensen update. Hopefully it's a good one. And, of course, more reaction from training camp we want to thank you all for making locked on bucks your first listen or view of the day now make your second listen to locked on nfl podcast our national nfl experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league if you want to contribute to the show you can send us an email to locked on bucks podcast gmail.com or like the gentleman who contributed to this episode, leave us a voicemail at 813-444-5841 if you want to give your thoughts on Ryan Jensen, the signing of Julio Jones, anything else that might happen over the weekend, please feel free to do so. Check out David's work over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine at BucksNation.com. And, of course, make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. 
Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire those cannons. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.